You're listening to the Queen of Manifesting Podcast. Welcome to the Queendom. In this podcast, the queen of manifesting herself, Kelly Walker, Kelly Walker, will teach you how to manifest everything you need to live your purpose at a higher level. And now, your queen, queen. Kelly Walker. Hey, before we get started, I want to tell you guys about this episode's sponsor, Bart Merrill. Bart has a super fun book out called Monetize Your Mindsets. And I read it and I loved it and I actually used it to start making money off of something I needed to do anyway. So he has an event coming up if you are in the Utah area on October 26th. We are doing, and I say we because I'm speaking at it too. We're doing a full day event where you will discover your ideal side hustle. You will learn how to monetize your mindset, make money doing something you've either already got to do, want to learn how to do, or we're going to do anyway. And it's going to be super fun. There's going to be all kinds of speakers. This is a hands-on workshop. You're going to actually leave with a plan to make money as a side hustle. Also, if you've already got side hustles, this can help you take your side hustle to a new level. So if you are ready to start making some extra side income or grow the side income you're already making, this event is for you. If you want to get registered um, this week, you also get a free copy of Bart's audiobook when it comes out. So I've already read the book. It's amazing. And I'm excited for the audiobook too. So if you go to monetizeyourmindset.com, you can first sign up for his free side hustle cheat sheet, and then you will be taken to the registration page for his event. So October 26th in Utah in Vineyard at the Megaplex Theater, 830 to 5. Don't miss it. And I'll see you there. Hello, everybody. It's Kelly. And today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome some more because I'm totally obsessed with it. So last episode, we talked about what it was, what it looks like and why you might have it. This week, we're going to talk about the five types of imposter syndrome. So there is this lady that wrote a book. Uh, I should say doctor. There is a doctor that wrote a book. Her name is Valerie Young. And she wrote a book on imposter syndrome. And she identifies five subcategories of imposter syndrome um, tendencies. So her book is called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. Why Capable People Suffer from the Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. So um, she wrote this book. And I think it's really interesting to see the five types. And if you can identify yourself among the five types, then you are probably better well equipped to deal with your imposter syndrome and find ways to either resolve it or work around it or live with it um, without a lot of trouble. So uh, just a refresher course, imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon it is the pervasive fear 
that in spite of all of your awesome successes and accomplishments, you're just a big fake phony. And it's just a matter of time until somebody figures it out. So this was discovered in the 70s by two psychologists named Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes. And at first they thought it was only women that had this. But over the years, there's been a lot more research and they have discovered that everyone can suffer from imposter syndrome. And in fact, 70% of people feel that way at some time and to some degree. So if you've got it, you're not alone. You're actually in the majority. So uh, Dr. Valerie Young, she wrote this book. She found the five specific subtypes. And so I'm just going to go through all of them really quick. And then we're going to go back and talk about each one. So number one is the perfectionist. And this is where you set goals that are basically unreachable. And of course, you're not going to live up to it. And so you beat yourself up. And if you do get your goal, then you find everything you wrong you did wrong with it, or you say, oh, it was no big deal, or it was just luck. Okay, so that's the perfectionist. Number two is the superwoman, or the superman, or Wonder Woman, however you want to say it. So this type of imposter syndrome is where you, you see yourself um, as completely inadequate in comparison to all your coworkers and your colleagues, people that are doing the same thing as you for the same amount as of time as you've done it. But for some reason, you feel insufficient. And so you work twice as hard and twice as long as everybody else, just so that you can reach the, uh, the level you think everyone else is at. Okay. So that is the Wonder Woman or Superwoman. Okay, number three, the natural genius. So this one is really interesting because I've seen this a lot. Um, and I kind of have this. So things were usually pretty easy for me. I got uh, good grades pretty easily, except for chemistry and physics, which, oh my gosh, those were both horrible to me. Um, but uh, things come easy a lot. And so then when they don't come easy, then you just give up and you avoid even trying. So that is the natural genius type of imposter. Number four is the soloist. These are the people that cannot ask for help because if they do, they're admitting defeat. So if you're a soloist, you've got to do everything on your own and you're always exhausted. Number five is the expert. The expert feels like if they don't know all there is to know in excruciating detail, forwards and backwards, then they can't move forward. And they also are afraid that they never know enough, but also try to always prove that they know enough, which can be really obnoxious and annoying to some people. So that is the fifth type of imposter syndrome. So if you um, if you listened last week, I think I mentioned a quiz where you can actually take a test to see how severe your imposter syndrome um, symptoms are. So if you are over 80, you're 
very severe. If you're over 60, you're kind of severe. And uh, under 60, you know, as you go down, it gets more and more manageable. So then there's not really a test to see which of the five you are. You just have to ask yourself which of these things sound the most like me. So we're going to take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to go into each type individually and, and dive deep a little bit into the details. So stay tuned and we'll be right back with the five types of imposter syndrome. You're listening to the Queen of Manifesting Podcast. Welcome to the Queendom. Okay, we're back and we're going to talk first about number one, the perfectionist. So it makes total sense to me that imposter syndrome is connected with perfectionism because when you are a perfectionist, Usually the reason you're like that is because you can't ever make things good enough uh, and you're always worried about not measuring up and everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, it means you're a total failure. So that really makes sense to me that it it's part of imposter syndrome or at least connected to it. You can be a perfectionist, I guess, without having imposter syndrome. But um, here's a few questions to see if you have the perfectionist subcategory of imposter syndrome. So when you start a project, are you bound and determined to make it perfect or else? And does anyone ever accuse you of being way too detail-oriented and way too bossy? If so, you could have the perfectionist tendency. Um, if somebody praises you for something amazing you've done, do you have trouble believing it? Do you argue with them? Do you brush it off? Do you say, oh, it was just luck? I hear people do that a lot. So if you said yes to any of those, then you might be the perfectionist type of imposter. And so when you have this, you actually have kind of a sad life because you can never feel satisfied when you achieve success. Because deep down in your heart, you say to yourself, well, I could have done better. Well, it would have been way more amazing if I'd done this or if I'd done that. So you never can just rest on your success and be happy for a while, like not even more than a minute. So I think it's really sad to be perfectionist because you can never feel happy with what you've done. All you can do is punch holes in it and say, oh, wow, yeah, that really sucked, actually. So when you expect perfection out of yourself, it's super unproductive and it's not healthy for you. And it also is hard on other people because when you are a perfectionist, you're putting the energy out there that everybody else also needs to live up to your standards. And so it can actually alienate people and cause them to feel bad about themselves. So you're kind of spreading the not love when you're a perfectionist. Um, also, you can have a lot of control freak issues. So it's got to be your way or the highway or, you know, nobody can ever do anything as good as you. 
And so you maybe don't play well with others. Um, so if you can't accept any kind of flaws in yourself, then you're going to be probably pretty judgmental of other people too. So how do you deal with being a perfectionist? Uh, well, you know, my, my favorite way to, to deal with things is belief breakthrough. And so you could come up with uh, like the first memory you have of being a perfectionist and do a belief breakthrough on it. Or you could, you know, one of the things I like lately is write and burn. You could write about being a perfectionist. You could write like, why my best is never good enough. And then just journal about it and then take it out and burn it. Get those negative feelings out of your head. Um, also try to find what's good in your behavior. Find what's good in your accomplishments. And when you hear yourself focusing on the one thing you did wrong out of the 99 things you did great, um, say, whoa, wait a minute, that's not right. That's not me. That's not productive. I'm not like that anymore. I'm overcoming this. And wow, it's amazing that I got 99 things done out of the 100. And let go of the one. Don't beat yourself up over it. So it's not going to be probably overnight or very easy because if you are a perfectionist, you've probably been that way since as long as you can remember. So remember, it's going to be baby steps and that's okay. Do a belief breakthrough on it every day. Do write and burns and um, give yourself a break. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself. Okay. So that was perfectionist. Number two type is the superwoman or man. So these people kind of, they put everyone around them on a pedestal and consider themselves dirt. And they think that they're never good enough. They'll never live up. And so they push themselves twice as hard as everybody else. And they work twice as long as everybody else. Because they feel like they've got to do that much just to be on an even playing field with the other other people and to prove that, you know, they're okay. They have the right to be there. Um, so here's some questions that will help you determine if you have this one. So you have the superwoman version of imposter syndrome if you stay later at work than everybody else. Even when you've done all your work for the day. Um, if you look at your uh, your to-do list and if there's anything on there that's fun or a hobby, you say, nope, I don't have time for that. I've got to work. Um, if you feel like any award or achievement is just it's just wrong. You tricked them into giving you that raise. You tricked them into giving you that promotion because obviously you're not worthy of those things. So you had to have tricked them, right? So if you have those, you could be the superwoman type or superman type. So the problem with this type is that you don't get your validation from within. You get all your validation just from being busy, 
just from doing your work, just from getting things done so that people can see it. You're not even getting things done for your own benefit. You're getting things done for other people to go, wow, look how much you got done. That's amazing. So while it's good to have a good work ethic, the superwoman or superman take it way past the line and never spend any time on themselves. They only are concerned about looking amazing at work. Okay. So how do you let go of that? How do you find free time? How do you make time for yourself? That is, you know, that's going to be your challenge. So maybe schedule in, start actually scheduling in relaxation time for you. Schedule in a yoga break, schedule in a bath, schedule in a nap, schedule in a a pedicure. That's my favorite thing. So make time on your calendar to take care of yourself. Something that is not work related or something to impress somebody else. Just do something for you. And every week or so, up the time you spend doing self-care until eventually you've got a better work-life balance. Okay, number three is the natural genius. The natural genius is, uh, they're kind of like the perfectionist, except um, they don't, if they get something right on the first try, that's just normal for them. They're like, well, yeah, of course, I, that always happens to me. But then if they try something new and it doesn't go right, if they mess up, if they're not instantly amazing at it, then they feel like they're broken. Like, wow, something's really not working here. And uh, there's something wrong with me. So if it's not super easy, if they don't pick it up instantly, then they're a complete and total failure and they give up. And even trying to work on it makes them angry um, because it brings up feelings of inadequacy and failure. So here are some questions that you can ask to see if you are the natural genius type of imposter syndrome. So uh, when you were growing up, were you always considered the smart one? Did everybody always say, oh, he's the smart one, or, oh, she always gets straight A's, or ask her, she'll know, she knows everything. So if you were the smart one when you were growing up, um, then that could definitely lead to being the natural genius type. Um, Do you avoid things that might be hard because you don't want to look like an idiot? Do you not try something new because you're scared people will see you fail and then think that you are actually not so awesome after all. Um, and third, are you used to getting everything easy without having to try? If you are, you might be the natural genius type of the imposter syndrome. So how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, guess what? You're human. <laughs> Nobody gets everything perfect the first time. And the fact that you have so far is amazing and you're super blessed, but you've got to be realistic and and realize 
that that's not normal. And for you to actually fail at something every now and then is totally normal. And in fact, it's good for you because if you never have to struggle to learn something or pick something up, then you're never going to stretch and grow those muscles. So actually, it's a blessing, even though I know that's probably super hard for people to um, admit or even see in the moment, but it really is because getting out of your comfort zone, why would you bother if everything was easy for you? You'd never get out of your comfort zone. So it's actually a good thing to have to struggle with some things. Um, so what can you do if this is your type? Well, stop comparing yourself. First of all, don't compare yourself to experts. Don't compare yourself to people that have been doing it for years and just let yourself experience the moment. Just have fun with it. Enjoy like the new muscles that you're using or the new brain power that you're using and like really live in the moment and feel yourself growing and stretching. Um, do baby steps. If something is really hard, break it down into baby steps and don't tackle it all at once. You guys know the, the elephant saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So if you are the natural genius type, break things down into baby steps so that you're not overwhelmed by all that you have to do at once. And remember, there will always be somebody who is better than you. And there will always be people that are not as good at something as you. You don't always have to be number one to be a valid human on this planet. So let go of that need to be number one and let go of the need to be perfect at everything the first time you try it. Because if you were, you'd never grow and develop. And that's just a sad life. So embrace your struggles because they make you stronger. Okay, before we go on, we're going to take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to do number four and five, the soloist and the expert. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Before we get started today, I want to tell you about the sponsor for this episode. Her name is Jamie Dancy, and she has been my friend for a few years, and she is awesome. And she has this company called Giant Taste Skinny Waist, where she makes treats for like literally every awesome diet. So keto, paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, she has treats for all of those diets, And they're actually really good, even though they're super healthy. And you guys, I am the pickiest of all people when it comes to treats. And I like them. So that's saying a lot that I think they're good. So if you want a healthy treat that you could feed your kid and pronounce all the ingredients on the label, go to GiantTasteSkinnyWaste.com. You can order online or you can do DoorDash if you live in Salt Lake County. And you could even go pick them up locally if you want to in Salt Lake. So once again, GiantTasteSkinnyWaste.com. And right now she's doing keto cheesecake and pumpkin pies for the holidays. So check her out, GiantTasteSkinnyWaste.com. 
You're listening to the Queen of Manifesting Podcast. Welcome to the Queendom. Okay, we're back and we're going to talk now about the soloist. So the soloist is um, a person who feels like if they ask for help, they're going to reveal to everyone around them that they are a big fake. So they're terrified to ask for help and show their weaknesses because they've got this vision of themselves that can't be broken. So the strong, capable person, if they went and asked for help, would look like a a weak, incompetent failure in their eyes. That's not true, of course, but that's that's the thought going through their head. So they can't ask for help. They have to do everything on their own, no matter how long it takes, no matter how unreasonable or ridiculous it is. And Dude, that's exhausting. If you're a soloist, you are exhausted. So um, here are the some questions to ask yourself to see if you are a soloist. Do you always say, no, I got this. I got it. I'm good. I don't need any help. Um, do you often um, freak out when you have to do a group project? I mean, do you always freak out? Not often. Doing a group project is probably the hardest thing in the world for you because you've got to rely on other people to do their parts. And that is really, really hard for a soloist. Um, does it offend you if somebody offers you help? If somebody comes along and says, hey, do you need a hand with that? If somebody like rushes to open a door for you even... Um, do those things offend you? Do you feel kind of like they're insulting you by offering you help? If so, then you might have the soloist version of imposter syndrome. So there's a fine line between being self-sufficient and being a soloist to the point where you never let anybody in and you push everyone away from you. Um, being a soloist is, like I said before, exhausting. And really, if you if you want something done really well, sometimes you need the input from another person. Because our, our brains can only go where they've gone before. You can't think a brand new thought without some kind of new stimulus. And so you really do need other people involved to do great things, I think. And one of the rules of manifesting for me is that you've got to tell people what you want to manifest because sometimes the key to what you need, when you can't get there, you've gotten just so far and you're stuck, belongs, I mean, is being held by someone else. And they are happy and willing to give it to you, but they don't know you need it. So if you're not ever asking for help, you are not going to be able to fully manifest your dreams. So it's not ideal to be a soloist, especially if you guys have big goals and big dreams. They're just probably not going to ever happen if you don't let people help you. There's just not enough time in the day or energy in your body to do everything by yourself. And so 
how do you deal with being a soloist? Well, that can be really tricky. I think probably the number one thing is to take baby steps in delegating. Let somebody else help you with a really, really small thing and watch yourself survive because you're going to survive. So let somebody open the freaking door for you. Let somebody go make copies for you. Um, I don't know. Let some guy clean your windshield at the gas station. Whatever it is, when somebody offers you help, practice saying yes. Practice surviving saying yes to people helping you with something. Um, and it might help you to actually come up with small tasks when you've got a big project that you could let somebody else do without freaking out yourself. So like be prepared with a small list of delegatable things that you can let go of control when somebody asks you for help. And you know what? When you let somebody help you, it actually blesses their lives to be able to give service. So if you can kind of think about it from a different point of view, I think that could help. So everybody is blessed when they help another person. And if you're a soloist, you're blocking certain people from being able to help you. So basically you're taking away their blessings. And if you can look at it that way, if you can look at it as, wow, I'm being selfish here, maybe that would help you let go a little bit of the reins and let somebody else drive, even if it's just for a minute, or even just let them hand you a map, okay? You don't have to give them the wheel, just let them give you a map. You don't have to follow it if you don't want to, but let people be involved. Let people give you input, let people help you, okay? Um, so yeah, let go of some of the control. And that is the soloist. And now we are at the last one. Number five, the expert. Okay, I see this a lot among fellow coaches and speakers. Um, when you suffer from the expert uh, subcategory of imposter syndrome, you feel like you have never had enough training to get out there and start working as a coach or a speaker. You feel like you just never know enough to charge money for what you do. You never know enough to go apply for a speaking gig. You just never quite know enough. If you took one more class, if you took one more training, maybe, maybe you'd be okay getting up and speaking. Maybe you'd be okay getting a coaching client. But really, that day never comes. If you are the expert type, it's just never enough knowledge. You never get there. You're never happy with what you know. And you just never take that step forward. So here is a list of questions to help you see if maybe this is the one you struggle with. Do you feel like no matter how many trainings you've had in a subject, you don't have enough knowledge to teach it yourself. And if somebody introduces you as an expert on your topic, do you cringe inside and think, oh my gosh, don't tell people that? Um, do you look at like 
like right now I'm looking at a TEDx talk and the requirements are pretty long and the application's very long. And so like if you were applying for a speaking gig, would you read through the directions and instructions and make sure you qualified exactly 100% before you even thought about applying? You know, are you do you consider other people to be as strict about uh knowledge as you are? Do you project that onto other people? If so, then you might suffer from the expert type. So, of course, you can never know anything. And if you can just admit that, I mean, that's a really good step. There is no way for your brain to house all the knowledge in the universe about your topic. So, if you can just give up right now that that's not even possible, that's going to really help you. Also, know that you know enough. Especially if you're a coach or a speaker. If you know just a little bit more than your client or your audience, then you're already ahead of the game and you've got knowledge to share that they don't already have. And uh, also there's a thing called needs-based learning where you don't spend all of your time in trainings just, you know, uh, picking all the topics and trying to learn all the knowledge Wait until you come up to a situation where you need to learn something specific for a project or for a new client or for a new speaking gig, and then go learn that thing instead of spending all your time learning everything. Get targeted in the energy you are spending on learning so that you are not spending all your time learning and none of your time going out and being awesome and doing the job that you want to do. Okay, so um, another way to help if you are an expert is to teach somebody else what you know. Maybe hire um, an intern from one of the colleges to come work with you and teach you, I mean, and you teach them about your trade or your topic that you speak on or that you coach about. Um, Or you could hire um, an assistant, show them the ropes of your business and, and actually use all that knowledge to help someone else get closer to where you are, if that's the path that they're taking. Um, And practice getting get a client Create a really small event that you can speak at with just a few people. Again, it's baby steps. Just take baby steps because baby steps are better than nothing. And again, maybe you do a belief breakthrough on this. So if you feel like you just never know enough to move forward, then do a belief breakthrough. Find that origin memory that spurred this crazy belief that you can't move forward until you are 100% expert in your field and do a belief breakthrough on it. Okay, so those are the five types. I'll tell you them really quick again. The perfectionist, the superwoman or man, the natural genius, the soloist, and the expert. And if you can figure out which type you have, I think it's going to be a lot easier for you to pinpoint the limiting beliefs, do belief breakthroughs on them, 
and help yourself get out of that stuck mode that you're in because you're too scared that people are going to find out you're a fraud. And remember, if 70% of the people have that, then most of them don't have time to worry about you being a fraud because they're too scared about themselves being a fraud. So just don't worry about it. Okay, so that is my episode today on imposter syndrome and the five types. And this was um, a really fun topic. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll do another episode on it, but I've really enjoyed this and I hope it's been helpful to you guys. Um, if it is, and if you have questions or comments, uh, let me know. My email is kelly at thequeenofmanifesting.com. Kelly is spelled K-E-L-L-Y, just the normal way. So drop me an email if you've got a comment. And as always, I love podcast reviews, so please leave a review and please subscribe. Also, if you need more manifesting in your life, please join my manifesting group on Facebook. It's called We Are Masters of Manifesting. I do a free class in there every Monday morning and we do lots of fun things in there and I just have, I have tons of free um, resources in there for you if you want to get started on manifesting yourself. Also, we are going on a cruise in March. So March 22nd through 29th of 2020, we are doing a personal development cruise And I have gathered some very awesome personal development coaches and speakers. And it's going to be super fun. You're going to get a diploma at the end of it because I'm calling it Personal Development University at Sea. And you will learn how to manifest because that's what I'll be speaking on. And I have two other speakers that are talking about kind of different aspects of manifesting. Plus, I have a laughter coach and... Um, finding the connection between your emotions and your illnesses and lots of other fun stuff. So please come join us on this cruise. It's on Royal Caribbean, Oasis of the Seas, and it is sailing from Miami to Cozumel, Grand Cayman, and Jamaica on March 22nd through 29th. Um, So if you are interested in that, go ahead and send me an email about the cruise and I will get back to you. And as always, you could just go to my website, www.thequeenofmanifesting.com and click on cruises and all the information is also there. So that's it for today. I love you guys. Thanks for listening and I will talk to you next week.